Hello and welcome back to Little MB. Light or not, what in the light today? I just, well, I just added fuel to it, and that's usually a consequence. But, anyways, heard a very interesting podcast with Joe Rogan. Imagine that. And no, this isn't me sitting and criticizing something he said. Uh, he had on Mark Andreessen this past week. And they discussed many things. He's Andreessen's very active within AI, I guess, uh, the technology world. And tries to speak to Congress members to explain different facets of things because there's a lot of issues going on. A lot of different fights. But something else that they had discussed, I'm going to address first before getting into the topic of AI. And this is that it is a felony for anybody in the government, for the government, to try and bar somebody's freedom of speech. So it's apparently in the court systems and we're waiting for it within a few years to get up to the Supreme Court so they can make a decision on whether or not it's illegal for the government to fund third parties such as Twitter or Facebook or anybody else and have them bar our freedom of speech. And I do not understand how this is even a discussion, whether that's illegal or not. Take a, take a, take a, take a brief moment and think about it. See if you can think, see, see if you can figure out where I'm going with this. Because it's just a ridiculous concept. And the fact that it's got to go to a Supreme Court that other laws that are in place are not applicable to this as well is absolutely insanity to me. So where I'm going with this is if I hire you, I give you money to murder somebody, am I not still held accountable for that murder just the same as I've pulled the trigger myself? If I hire you to go commit another crime, am I not held accountable just the same as if I went and did it myself? So if it is a crime for the government to bar our freedom of speech in any manner, then how is it not illegal for them to pay somebody else to do it? That doesn't make sense. Why this would even have to go to Supreme Court. Now, the plus side for Biden is, I'm sure he'll be dead long before it even gets to the Supreme Court. He'll definitely be out of office before it gets to the Supreme Court. He's going to be long dead. And, you know, by that time, you know, people are going to be talking about how sad it is he passed and just what a great leader he was and all of his great service to the country. But 
And no, I don't wish the man dead. I'm just making an obvious statement. It's no different than Reagan. The same people that motherfucked him his whole administration and life after were the same people you saw on the news talking about what a great man and leader he was after he died. It seems to be the case. A lot of people did that with the first George Bush, too. But, whatever. So, this topic of AI. There's so many different facets of it. One of the things they talked about was this artist, Chihui. Uh, what's, I can't remember the name of the app, but it's related to chat B, chat. Chat GPT, it's supposed to be attached to it, only it has to do with images. And there's this artist that does blown glass. Man, I cannot talk. He does blown glass, and his stuff's very colorful. And so now they're making images saying, do it as if Chihuly did this. And so they're creating these images. And so obviously there's an argument going back and forth whether this is violating Chihuly or not. And I can understand partially an argument for allowing it, which is you're allowed to study every painting we have of Picasso's and you are allowed to draw and paint just like Picasso but you are not allowed to draw or paint anything he's done. You know, you can't do that and try to pass it off as a Picasso. So for one, you're going to have to have somebody trying to pass these images off as this is Chihuly. And then you're going to have to have them copying something he's already done as art. I understand that is an argument because it's the whole concept of inspiration. If I ever took the time to actually learn the guitar, Doc Watson's my inspiration and I would do my best to play like him. With the banjo, it'd be Earl Scruggs. But... We're not talking about somebody else being inspired by Chihuly and creating blown glass in these all these bright colors to kind of mimic Chihuly's style. We're not talking about a student who's inspired to do this. What we're talking about is a computer program that is essentially stealing his stuff to create these images. There is a difference. It's no different than if they were to do the same thing. I think it's called Mid Journey, but I'm not positive on that as far as like what the app's called. But it's it's no different than that. If they uh took a current artist and did the same thing, which they have done to demonstrate its capabilities. I don't remember the guy's name. I don't remember the example I heard, but they've done it. And 
it's ridiculous to me that they're allowed to do this. And this is the thing. Andreessen argues for AI. He, he's against the idea that it's possible that it could ever be sentient. So he argues for AI, that AI is every bit as good, if not better, than your average attorney. And name whatever profession you want that's white collar. It creating legal briefs and all this other kind of stuff, it's just as good. Now, if you've heard any of the stuff I've talked about on my religious podcast, I'm sure I've talked about it here as well. And if you ever listen to Rogan, I, I'd be surprised if you didn't hear people on there, including himself. He, he seems to be the one to bring it up a lot of times. The concept of what Graham Hancock's work is has been showing in regard to there's a very, very, very high possibility that there was an extremely advanced civilization here on Earth prior to the Younger Dryas period. That the Younger Dryas period with the compact uh, comet impact theories that sent this world into a much higher temperature, ended the Little Ice Age, and flooded the Earth, that there was a very advanced civilization that was capable of doing things we ourselves are not capable of doing, such as the pyramids, Gebekli Tepe, and all kinds of other structures. Not just moving the granite, but carving the granite. And not just that, but being able to drill into granite with some kind of drill that runs at a much higher RPM than what we are even close to being able to get to with the technology we have at this point in time. So the idea is that this Younger Dryas impact theory, where comets just started pelting the Earth somewhere between 12,800 years ago up to 11,600 years ago, is what threw mankind back into the Stone Age, back to being hunters and gatherers, where man had to start over as far as civilization, as far as technology, and as far as all kinds of things are concerned. This is an issue, to me, with AI. Because if you get to a point to where AI, which we're already at, if AI is just as good, if not better, than any average attorney then why would I waste money on an attorney? Why would I just not have Chat GPT create my legal documents? So I don't even care about the fact that it could and probably will eliminate certain jobs, 
certain professions that require an excessive amount of education, training, apprenticeships, whatever, and skill. In, in, in time, it will replace it. So, the issue with this is we pass through a comet field twice a year and have since I don't know how long ago, a minimum of 12,800 years ago. If in fact the geologists and Graham Hancock are correct about the Younger Dryas impact theory. So it's not infeasible, unfeasible, for us to get pelted again by comets that are big enough to do damage. We had such a thing happen in 1908 over some wilderness in Russia, I believe it was, and it just absolutely destroyed and leveled the forest for I don't even remember how many square miles. And it exploded over the earth. It didn't even impact into the earth. It exploded over it, apparently. How they determined such things, I do not know. And I do not know if that actually made the impact worse or better in exploding over the ground as opposed to exploding when it hit the ground. That I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how they figure it. I'm sure they run tests, you know, where they drop a bomb somewhere and see what it does on impact, and then they drop another bomb that's time to go off a certain amount of feet above the ground would be my guess how they calculate such things. But anyways, there's nothing to say since we, especially since we've had a comment comet do this as recent as 115 years ago, it's not unlikely for it to happen again, for one. For two, guess what? Uh, Yellowstone is a massive super volcano. And I know that's redundant, massive super, whatever. It's, it's a massive volcano that is due to go off pretty much any time and would most likely, due to estimates, absolutely destroy this entire continent of North America. Uh, such a thing would also send the world into a nuclear winter to where hardly anything would grow due to a lack of sunlight. There'd be massive starvation throughout the world. Um, think about what such a thing would do in regard to electrical grids, because as good as it is in America, it's not that great, but it's 10 times, 100 times better than what it is in other countries. You know, the electrical grid is crap around the world compared to here. So what's it going to do to that? What kind of chaos is it going to create in our advanced civilization 
where we have regions that are dedicated to growing food and we have massive cities that are dedicated to people just living and having professional jobs where they they know nothing about growing food. They know nothing about hunting or gathering. Most people wouldn't know a good berry from a poisonous berry, and me included. I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference. I wouldn't be able to tell you the difference between an edible mushroom and a poisonous one. So... How many people know how to still cook for themselves? Okay, there's still a fair amount. But can they cook over an open fire if their electric stove and oven isn't working? Can they create an mud oven to bake food such as bread or whatever? And that's provided they still have access to the grain and flour to do so. So my point is, is... Along with all this other stuff that we're losing due to technology, people have been losing the basic skills of survival, the basic skills of being able to provide for themselves. So if this AI stuff continues, and it will, and if AI takes over, which it will, and that doesn't mean that I think it's going to turn into a sentient being. I just mean it's going to take over professions such as law, accounting, things of that nature. It it can take over engineering. It could take over so many things. And to where nobody, there. what's going to be the point when it takes over of anybody studying law? Why, why are you going to take a few years to study law instead of just ask, asking uh, chat GPT or whatever AI is being used at the time to draw up whatever legal documents you need or want? So it's not, you know, the professional jobs obviously aren't going to be as necessary after such a catastrophe. But somebody's knowledge of law could come in handy in such a situation. Like, hey, we need to recreate something in, you know, some type of civilization where we work together. In order for that, we need some laws. Now, here's how it was set up before. You're not going to have that. And if you have some kind of catastrophe happen and the grid goes down, you can't even use the AI. There's no way to use it. You know, if the grid goes down, the satellites are useless. Do you understand what I'm saying with this stuff? This is why it's, you know, terrifying. Now, granted, me with my religious beliefs, I have a feeling that if something such as something comparable to the Younger Dryas impact, whether it's a super volcano blowing, uh, whether it's the New Madrid line that actually goes through my state goes off, 
which the last time it went off in a massive manner was 1812. And it was such an earthquake, it did two very impressive things. One, it caused the Mississippi River to flow backwards for, I think it was a week. And the other thing is, and look that, look it up. I mean, it's, it's not like you have to say, oh, this guy's crazy, that never, look it up. Um, and the other thing that it did, when, like I said, here in Illinois, when it went off, it was such a massive earthquake in 1812, it rang the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia. Think about that, an earthquake in the Midwest by the by the Mississippi River rang a bell people felt the earthquake on the east coast think what that would have done to the grid you know it, it at least for you know who knows how many miles who knows how far people felt it out to the west but either way there would have been a ton of destruction you know, think about all the high-rises in apartment buildings in Chicago. How many of those people would have gotten whacked? You know, being in them big buildings, that, there's no way those buildings would stay standing. But it's just, it's taking away any defense that we have left. Any defense we have left. Because how many people, provided you could find them, let's just assume for a moment you can provide, or uh, you can find old hand tools that people used to use before electricity. Provided you could actually find these things, how many people would know how to use them? And be skilled enough to be able to use them in a functional manner. You know, I was always intrigued with that kind of stuff. Uh, until my wife started bitching that she wanted the trees cut down quicker and made me get a chainsaw. Uh, I, I was using an axe to chop them down, chop down the trees. And I was using an old wood frame crossbuck saw to log them. And... I mean, it's, I loved it, you know, it was fun to me, because it, it was, it, it's not that it was fun, it was hard work, but it was rewarding, you know, granted, once I used the chainsaw, the work was done in less than a week, and we're talking 30 to 40 trees, you know, um, so it, yeah, it is, it is what it is. But my point is, is nobody is really, there's a handful of people that's qualified, but who's to say that they're going to live? Say Steve Ranella, Joe Rogan, and John Dudley, Cameron Haynes, four avid hunters that are extremely good at it. I don't know how good Rogan actually is. He, he goes places and I think he typically has a guide, which doesn't mean he couldn't do it on his own, but. A lot of places he goes, like in the mountains and stuff like that, it'd be pretty stupid to just go there on your own without a guide, you know. But either way, who's to say they'd even live through 
a blast. You know, Ranella, he's in Montana. Yeah, he's in Montana. I believe Cameron Haynes is also in Montana, which border, I believe it borders Yellowstone. Uh, Dudley's in Iowa, which is on the western side of the Mississippi. So it's not too far from Yellowstone. And Rogan's down in Texas. So you got four people that'd be qualified to help teach others how to hunt and use a bow, stuff like that. And they'd most likely be wiped out. You know, so people in other countries, such as Africa, who have been held down and held back, although they have a ton of technology at their fingertips. I've got a lot of friends in Africa that I chat with. And they got, is it as high quality no, I don't think their phones are the same thing as the iPhone 14 Pro. But they can still do anything on it that you can really do on iPhones with the exception of the quality of the camera, maybe. And that I don't know for sure. I'm just saying. But there's still actual tribes in the Amazon. There's actual tribes in Africa that they're going to be just fine for the most part if a catastrophe happens because they're not swamped with all this technology. They grew up learning how to do this stuff and knowing how to do this stuff. So they're, they're pretty much going to be fine. They're going to be the ones that can take over. All of us highfalutin people with our technology recording podcasts on iPhones... We're going to be screwed, son. Plain and simple. There's no other way to put it. We're going to be fucked. And guess what? That's if we would all get along. Obviously, we wouldn't be arguing over politics. But all these people who are preppers on YouTube, if you catch word that they're good to go, where do you think people are going to be heading first? They're the ones that have stockpiled food. Because regardless of what they say, the food in any remaining stores, all the canned food and stuff, it's not going to last. Look how quick shortages happened during COVID. And this ain't going to be shortages. This is going to be extinction. The food's going to last maybe a week, if that, in supermarkets. And that's the canned stuff that you can still eat. And after that, if you can't hunt, you're screwed. If there's nothing alive to hunt, you're screwed. You know, that's one thing Rogan says I definitely agree with. Don't get me wrong, I agree with a lot of stuff, despite when I get upset about the drug talk and stuff like that is I I don't want to survive some kind of nuclear holocaust. I don't want to survive Yellowstone blowing. If they say, hey, there's about three days tops before Yellowstone blows, my ass is going to be trying to get to Yellowstone. Let me tell you, 
And apparently there's lava close enough to the surface that there's certain areas of Yellowstone where it has actually melted the asphalt. I've listened to videos and stuff that have talked about it. Whether that's true, I don't know. I'm just, you know, it's due to blow again, according to geologists and scientists who specialize in such things. So, who knows how much weight you can put on the crap they say. You know, they haven't been able to predict a volcanic eruption yet. And they haven't been able to predict an earthquake yet. So, it is what it is. I mean, for the most part, you can't even... Although they have predicted tornadoes. The tornado that hit my town took a third of it out back in 2013... I thought it was a little peculiar that a week ahead of time they were talking about the advanced forecast and it it said I can't remember what the forecast was but it said with tornadoes then all of a sudden a massive one hit my town but these things can't be predicted so you don't know when it's going to happen if it's going to happen, any of that stuff, the comet strikes, the volcano, you just don't know. So I'm not saying we have to live in fear, but we ought to live with a realistic outlook on the possibility these things can happen. And it's not that we can't use AI and other advanced technology in a beneficial way that's beneficial to our society. But technology takes everything over. Who still writes letters and mails them? To, you know, people text, they send email, you know, they talk on Facebook. I, I haven't heard of anybody in years and years getting a handwritten letter. Um, the last time I interviewed for a job with Caterpillar, which fuck them, but that's another story. Either way, my interview was with two guys and they were what not, they were, I could tell that they really did want to hire me, but HR said no. And that had to do with it, like my level of education, as opposed to what they were looking for. They were looking for... I was willing to go in as an intern even after I graduated to get my foot through the door. And apparently HR said no. They had to still be in school. And I got a phone call from one of the guys afterward. Well, both of them. They were sitting there. But one was doing the talking. And so keep in mind, this is 2011 maybe. And he was not only like saying that he was sorry there was no way that they could hire me, that they'd been... This was like two or three weeks after the interview, actually, because apparently they'd been fighting with HR over it because of my love for statistics and my experience in school with it, blah, blah, blah. But another thing that really hit a point with these guys was they were old enough to remember the old school way how things were done. And... I, in an interview, you should really talk, like, not just talk business, but, you know, 
say something, you know, like if you notice a picture of their family, oh, you got, how many kids you got? You know, whatever. I did that with both these guys and I remembered what they said. And so I typed out a thank you note to each of them mentioning one of their personal items. Yeah, I hope your son really does good this season with baseball, you know, or whatever the case was. You know, it's been a long time. I don't remember. But either way, then since I can't see, I had my mom handwrite. I got thank you cards and had my mom handwrite what I had wrote on each one and I mailed them to them. They're like, you just don't get this. It's been years, they said. They said, if if you get a thank you these days, it's an email. Because you should really thank the interviewer for the interview. But whatever. Point is, is... Already, people have lost the ability for that. They're not even teaching cursive writing in school anymore. I mean, it's how long before they quit teaching how to write? And you might laugh, but it isn't wrong. Little kids have phones where they're typing on keyboards. The ability to learn to read and write is not, does not require having to do it longhand. You can type it. You can, you know, typewriter, computer, whatever. Communication's going to go to hell, depending on how far advanced we get into this stuff. You know, and it's no different than books. Even though there's still a ton of physical copies of books out there, more and more and more books are ebooks. If I ever finish up with mine that I've written and get lucky enough to publish them, you don't know how tempted I am to forbid ebook. No, let them buy the book. Let somebody have a little job security in a print shop where they, the people have to buy the physical copy of the book. You know, I'm real tempted for that. But it is what it is. I mean, I think I've really, I, I hopefully have made my point. I mean, hopefully it ain't necessary for me to come up with fucking 400 more you know, examples of like where these things can go wrong. You know, people are going to have zero skills to do anything at all. And their basic knowledge is going to go down because, you know, this is the one thing I will disagree with Rogan on this point because he talks about the amount of knowledge people are going to have because everything's at their fingertip. If everything's at your fingertip, there's no need for you to remember it. It's not that you won't remember certain things, but there's no need for you to remember it because you can just look it up. You can have the answer fed to you. That's going to make people lazier and less knowledgeable as far as I'm concerned as opposed to more. 
You know, it's one of those situations where people argue about oral stories that have been passed down for thousands of years. And the fact that nobody knows when the Bible was originally written. And before that, it was just oral stories being passed down. So how accurate can they be? You know, people talk about the game Grapevine. You know, where you got a row of people and you have something written on a piece of paper and the first person reads it, whispers it to the next person. And by the time it gets to the end, what was written is I love you. And the last person thinks that it was fuck you. Whatever. I know that's an extreme, you know, extremity, but it's never the same. My argument to that is, is when you quit using it, you lose it. You know? Nobody I went to school with had the ability to do mental mathematics like I could. It got to a point to where my sophomore year, my geometry geometry teacher, instead of asking somebody in the class, you know, asking the class, what's this times this? You know, what's 72 times 99? He'd just say, Nick, what's 72 times 99? Because I'd say what 7,128 before anybody could get it punched up on their calculator. I couldn't see a calculator, so I had no choice. So, you know, that ability for people to do math longhand or mentally has deteriorated because people no longer have to do it. So my argument is, is before everything was written down, People had no choice. All they had was the telling of a story. That's all they had was oral. So I think people would have been a lot more, not that mistakes were never made. I'm just saying, I think people were a lot more accurate long before the printing press when it comes to oral traditions than after. Because there was no need afterward. You could just simply write it down. You could get a quill, dip it in your inkwell, and write it down. That way I won't forget. I mean, it, do, you un, do you understand what I'm getting at with this? Or am I just freaking whistling in the wind? I don't know. I I just simply don't know. Either way, I've went on about 40 minutes, so I won't keep going. Uh, Please share. Please spread the word. I'd appreciate all assistance with that. Uh, Any comments, questions, concerns, whatever. And, hell, if you want to come on here, get a hold of me. LittleMB6580 at gmail.com. That's L-I-T-T-L-E. M as in Mike, B as in Bravo, 6580 at gmail.com. Until next time, y'all take care.